Ladies and gentlemen, I would like to announce a death in the family. Get some color. They died three weeks ago in 2021. But now, Get Some Collar is reborn. And we're here to put all the other podcasts on notice. Tell them, Dubs. <laughs> oh, you got me on guard here, damn it. <laughs> Welcome to Get Some Collar. Woo! There it is. <laughs> by the way, hold on. I, I, I kind of just, I, I saw where you were going with this, by the way. Because that same, you're talking about the Arn Anderson and Ric Flair, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, you know what? I'll save it. I'll save it. Because I I died laughing watching that promo. And I'll tell you why. Uh, but guys, welcome to... You, you got to give me a heads up when we're going to be doing uh, tag team promos here. Because I will. I have to write shit down in order to do it. I can't do it from the, the hip like that. Oh, I didn't expect you to do a whole promo. I just wanted you to go like, oh, yeah, we're here. That, that's what I was wanting. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, well, anyway, we are here. Episode 28 of Getting Some Color. We're going to be talking about WCW Saturday night, March 13, 1993. Ooh, yeah. And, and WWF Raw, March 15, 1993. Eh. <laughs> I'll just go with that. Um, but uh, we got some news to talk, to talk about. Uh, let's get this out of the way because we don't know what happened yet. But rest in peace, Josephus. I did it. I said it right. Got it right that time. Um, NWA uh, wrestler um, Josephus. He was also the question mark man. Um, and he was the master of karate. So uh, rest in peace. We don't know what the cause of it was. Uh, you just... He's gone now. Uh, he, he left us in the night, unfortunately. Yeah. Um, another thing we want to talk about, which is really quick, Big Show, a.k.a. now uh, Paul White, W-I-G-H-T, is now All Elite. Um, now, you're probably thinking, is he wrestling? Apparently, in the contract, he is gonna be a wrestler down the road but right now he's a commentator for the second uh which they're calling it by the way aew dark elevation that's gonna be on monday to kind of combat the uh monday night raw i guess but that's gonna be on youtube and i believe another streaming platform that's such a mouthful why call it dark elevation why can't you just call it elevation I think this is what they're doing. I think Dark is going to be... In, like, games, you know, you have Alpha, and then you have Beta, and then you have the game that comes out. Yeah. I think Dark was the Alpha. I think Elevation is the Beta. And then finally, when they have their network TV second show, then that's going to be the second show. Oh, okay. Maybe. And, uh... Apparently, Big Show is going to be color commentating, and I don't know how I feel about this at all. I think he could do all right at that. He's always been like a decent talker. Mm -hmm. He's going to need a really big Um, chair. (laughs) He's going to need a big ass chair and a reinforced desk. Yeah, a big headset. (laughs) But uh, I'm like, it was weird when I first saw that. I wasn't sure that was real. I was like, what? Like I just, I just didn't believe it at first. Mm Hmm. 
And then it was like, no, that was legit. And I was like, oh, well, shit. And then it, it come, we come to find out he, he wasn't happy. Uh, negotiations broke down. And he just said, fuck it, and went over there, I guess. Simple as that. Yeah, he apparently apparently he wasn't happy. Um, he wanted to do things, and of course Vince didn't want to do anything with him. Uh, and then he just decided to take his stuff and go. I mean, listen, WWE, in my opinion, is not that great right now. Um, yeah. It's just... One, they don't have the fans anymore. It's. I think it's going to be a really, really long road for them to bring back the hype. I mean, maybe the first couple of months might be crazy because, like, how the fans are back kind of thing, and it's going to be, like, wild to see, like, fans in the WWE. There will be, like, this honeymoon period that might last, like, I'll say three months, three or four months. Mm-hmm. And then everything will kind of go back to normal. But it, WWE is very corporate now. And you could tell between the difference between AEW and, and WWE. Um, and I, I know we kind of get on on how things are booked at AEW and how, you know, things are handled. But you got to admit, like, they have a little more freedom than WWE. WWE is more of the, the corporate way. You got to do by our policy. And if you don't, you're just going to be a fucking jobber or just you're going to be in catering like Titus O'Neil. I don't know. Anyway, um, Big Show, it's going to be interesting. I want to see what he does. I I had this weird feeling, the timing of Shaq facing Cody Rhodes, and apparently Cody Rhodes has a bad shoulder right now. Oh, I forgot about that. Yeah, he's apparently injured. Yeah, so I wonder if Cody's going to come out and be like, I'm not medically cleared, but I do have... This guy is. This guy is, and then Big Show comes out. Oh man, I didn't. I forgot all about that. You know, now what you're saying looks more and more possible. Mm-hmm. So let's see, let's see how that goes. Uh, it's the match that nobody care, uh, nobody wants to see, but kind of is interesting a little bit because we've been waiting. I don't know how long for this uh, match to happen. This match has been rumored for like years. Yeah, so I feel like the past five years or something. It's like Batman versus Superman. Like, that movie never came out in years, and it was kind of meh. And now it's just like, oh, let's see what happens. Maybe it might be good. Who cares? Um, I'm trying to think. Oh, one last thing I want to bring up. So there was a lot of uh, shit going on Twitter because somebody found out that Jericho's wife was at the Trump rally on January 6th. you know the the so-called insurrection, the, the 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 most horrifying day in American history. Compare uh, apparently, uh, yeah. so people were tweeting Tony Khan, going, "Oh, you're allowing you know somebody who's married to this in your company," and kind of like trying to force Tony Khan to cancel Jericho, and it, it, it's annoying to me because like. Doesn't anybody know that Jericho is a conservative? Like, he's been a conservative for a long time. That's why he had Don Jr. on his fucking podcast. And remember... That's been, the, that's been the start of him getting a little bit of guff online, actually, was that. Yeah, because... Um, and he's been like that for a while. That's that's the thing. And, and 
I'm not going to get too political. It's just like it's, it's annoying. Let people do what they want to do. I mean, she obviously didn't go inside the Capitol at all. She was just there saying, you know, women for Trump, pretty much. And then people just fucking lost their mind. And it's sickening that these people on Twitter are trying to cancel a legend on AEW. And and I want to make this clear. There's a lot of people in AEW that think politically not for your party. And when I'm not, when I'm saying not for your party, that goes for a Republican or Democrat. Everybody has a different view. Um, and I want to say a lot of people in AEW in the wrestling community. Um, I want to say, you know, like the Arn Andersons, the Jerichos, the JRs and all that stuff. They are prominently conservative. So when you're starting to cancel people, that's going to piss off a lot of people and, and it's going to ruin your fan base as well. So it's it's annoying seeing the worst fans ever. And I'm, I'm not saying AEW fans. I'm saying wrestling fans in general are trying to control things and it's retarded. They've been proving themselves to be pretty pissy lately, in my opinion. <laughs> I mean, do you, do you, at least ones online that try to pick fights with people and start shit like that. Yeah, what what boggles my mind is that like these people who fucking probably even live in their, and I'm gonna use it like live in their parents' fucking basement and shit and jerk off and stuff, whatever, and do nothing with their life besides watch wrestling, watch cosplay wrestling, uh, and. You know, they're trying to cancel somebody's career. Somebody who's trying to make money. Imagine if, like, I decided to go and, like, find out, like, certain people are not thinking the way I am. And I'd be like, hey, I heard him, you know, uh, wear a MAGA hat. Or heard. I mean, seen wear a MAGA hat. You know, let's go cancel him. Yeah. It's like, it's stupid. Just leave people alone. Leave people alone. Like that that's what annoys me cuz I like watching AEW. It, it's different. It's not it, it it doesn't have the old school wrestling like NWA does, but it's different than WWE. WWE is very generic with their shit. AEW at least tries things here and if it fails it fails. <laughs> like when you know it fails it fails, but when something good is happening it's it's good. Mhm. I I don't know if you have anything about that you want to add about that. Not really, other than um, something kind of interesting happened on AEW like a month ago or so that was kind of eye-opening about like how casual, almost non-fans see Chris Jericho. And it's got nothing to do with any of this political stuff or anything. I don't remember the exact circumstances behind this, but I think something happened on uh, TBS or, or TNT, whichever one it's on, mm-hmm. where there was a scheduling conflict or something. And like they, I think there was supposed to be a basketball game and something happened and they couldn't play. So like they changed the times for like dynamite or something and it went on earlier or whatever. Mm-hmm something like that and um there was people who normally were there to watch basketball watching aew which is fortuitous i know where you're going with this so yeah you might have heard about this uh when people saw 
people that used to watch wrestling 15, 20 years ago, maybe even 10 years ago, saw this program and they saw Chris Jericho on there doing stupid shit, looking really out of shape and bad. Mm-hmm. They were roasting the piss out of him. They're saying, bro, Chris Jericho still wrestles. God, he looks so out of shape. What the fuck? <laughs> It was there roasting the shit out of it. It was bad. Some of it was funny, and I and I think it, most of the time Jericho just brushes things off. He's like, "I'm I'm a rock star man, and I, I do what I want." You know, I'm I'm the Ayatollah rock and roller. Um, he 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 looked like he he hit the gym after that, pretty much because he needs to. <laughs> yeah, cause he he started to get into a little shape. Uh, I noticed past uh, in the past couple of AEWs. But yeah, like, and we were mentioning on the show, like, he does have, like, he's really chubby. Like, he's not like how he used to. He's not, like, chubby to the point of, like, how I am, how I'm fucking fat and all that stuff. But he, he's starting to, like, he's starting to see that beer belly, that, like, rocking roll uh, type of body uh, where you just don't care you're partying all the time. That sounds like him. If you know yeah. anything about Chris Jericho, you know he likes to drink. Yeah. So, like... Yeah, it, it was funny to watch uh, some of the comments. But, like, w- one thing annoyed me, though, because one person during that, d- during that time was, like, getting on Chris Jericho on his uh, his lion salt, you know, the, where he uh, bounces, he, like, springboards off of the uh, ropes and does, like, a lion salt kind of thing. Yeah. He, he botched it. And, like, I heard about that. He almost landed on his head. Yeah, and people on Twitter were, like, freaking out. And I'm like, dude, like, these people are humans. They make mistakes. Like, then literally, like, next week, Jericho hit, like, five of them, and they were all good. He's just showing you, hey, I can still fucking do it. Which yeah. I, I figured so. I'm just wondering how much longer he can really do that move, though. I I, I think he's going to become a commentator, in my opinion. He probably should. Like... If he's not wanting to get in shape, he needs he needs to wrap it up and put somebody over, mm-hmm. uh, like I don't know Adam Page or something, and uh, yeah, hit the desk. <laughs> yep. Oh <laughs> well, yeah, that's what I really wanted to talk about as far as my part of the news. What's about your part of the news? Okay, my parts of the news. Here we go. Uh, I'll get this out of the way first because it's kind of reiterating on something I brought up before. Which was like, I was like a little bit over a month ago now, I think Undertaker was on some kind of podcast and he was talking about how he felt like, oh, you know, brother, I feel like the wrestling business is like soft now, you know? And he said some stuff like, I don't know, man. It just felt like in my time, it felt like people were tougher, you know, like guys were in the back playing cards and drinking and smoking and stuff. And they had a gun in their bag, probably, or a knife. Mm -hmm. And he's like, nowadays, everybody's just so laid back and they play video games it's like it just feels weird to me is what he was is pretty much what he said yeah i, I I'm, par- I'm paraphrasing that but that's basically what he said yeah i know the podcast is joe rogan podcast one of the top podcasts uh on spotify um but anyway like the video game stuff i you can get away with in my opinion because it's like the times dude like there was times I, I I heard that like they some of the wrestlers were bringing their Super Nintendo and like uh, Segas and shit to the back and they were playing it back then. Yeah, I've heard I've heard stuff like that too. It's just that shit was harder to transport around back then. 
Yeah. And, and you it, like you, you, you didn't have like a book you could put all your, your CDs in and shit. You, you had cartridges. I, I think today is like with the Xavier Woods and his up, up, down, down kind of thing. Um, and like Kenny Omega and his video game stuff and how they do, which is kind of funny because Kenny Omega is like the video game nerd, but like the young bucks are just like, not, they're not into video games at all. It's, it's kind of weird a little bit. <laughs> in my opinion. I feel like they would be and they're not. Yeah. Yeah. I get what you're saying. Uh, um, did you, so I forget, what did you really think about what he was saying? I guess. So just so we can like reestablish that where we stand. I think he's right in a sense because and, and and i think he was going more of the line of like how you said like you know, they were keeping guns they were like bats like they were gritty and stuff today it's like you know if they burn their finger like on a uh stove like they get bent out of shape um and you got to think and you got to think the times have changed a little bit with the you know head concussion protocols and all that stuff that are going around um, <laughs> back then they were getting hit in the head with chairs and like, even though they knew they had head concussions, but they were still, uh, wrestling because they wanted to keep the show going. So it's, yeah, just real quick. They didn't always get hit in the head with chair. Mm-hmm. It was like, oh shit, the, the hands up thing. And sometimes they, Mick Foley would just take straight chair shots to the head. That was fucking asked for it. <laughs> yeah, and but, and Chris Benoit, and you saw what that led to. Uh, mm-hmm. <laughs> um, it, it it's just a, it, it. I see where he's coming from because he's coming from both generations. I mean, he he wrestled and and saw the evolution of what wrestlers became. Uh, you know, you had your traditional wrestling. Uh, the show must go on, and now it's kind of like, ooh, don't touch me there. Like, I'm I'm hurt. <laughs> And all that stuff. I can't. I can't. I can't do this. And all that stuff. Here, here's what's funny. And I don't. I don't know if I really went into this too much last time because I think we were just talking about it on the face of it and what we thought. Mm-hmm. But people's reactions to what he said has been interesting, especially fans, especially those whiny, pissy fans. Mm-hmm. Um, they're saying stuff like, "It's like, oh, so you just want everybody to go back to abusing drugs and and drinking and shit and." And like backstage bullying bullshit. It's like that's not what he's fucking talking about. This is that's what bothers me. Nobody understands what he's saying. And this is this is what he really means. Is it just feels soft? It feels softer. The aura the business is projecting well, look, is soft. Like like, do you believe anybody that works in the wrestling business right now is a legit tough guy that could just whip somebody's ass? No. Um, and, that's what he's talking about, and not even the big guys like Brian Cage and all this stuff, because, and and I know, and again, I want to bring this up because, again, wrestling has changed. Everything is beyond kayfabe at this point. Um, when you when you see like big guys like acting all like cutesy and 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 soft, Nero. yeah, Nero. <laughs> yeah, and it's like. It's like, come on, you're breaking. Like when I see you on TV acting all crazy, and then I see you on your fucking Twitch channel being like, "Oh, great, dude, this is so amazing!" And like he's like breaking down, being all emotional and stuff. Then it's like my immersion has changed, and and I and I, and I want to and I want to make this clear too. 
I don't mind that too because I kind of like the idea of you know seeing the wrestling side, seeing the the person themselves. But at the same time, I kind of want the old way where you don't know anything at all. And like the Undertaker, he was kayfabe pretty much the whole time. He was the he, he stood in character for all those years. Yeah, you have to be careful not to overexpose yourself. I feel like there's a happy medium, mm-hmm. and a lot of people just don't even bother trying. It's just like, oh, it, was, it is what it is. Everybody knows it's fake anyway, right? Like, that's how they think. Well, um, I, I, I want to – sorry to interrupt you, but I want to go back to, back to what you said before where, you know, it feels like everybody is soft in wrestling. And I want to say I feel everybody is soft in society in general. Uh, I, I agree with that. I mean, we, we complain about that shit all the time almost. <laughs> because you, you want to see – when when I was raised, I never raised my voice to my dad because my dad would beat the shit out of me. He said, "You raise your voice, you're gonna get fucked." And not not enough like I'm gonna you know come and beat your ass every fucking night. But if you're raising your voice to your mom, or you know if you're failing, I'm gonna you know make sure I'm gonna steal your controllers so you don't fucking. Which by the way, to all you parents out there, stop stop like uh, taking. What is it? Take the controller and the power cord from kids. <laughs> they just take the controller? Yeah, they just take the controller because then they, then they just, you know, they switch it out or something or they have a backup. That uh, reminds me of a really funny story with one, one my, best, my best friend that happened one time. This is real quick. Mm-hmm. I was at his place. This was like when we were in middle school. And I was sitting there. He was playing on his computer. I was watching him play Diablo 2, I think, because at the time I didn't have it yet. We're just hanging out. And then his mom comes home and starts yelling at him because something. I can't remember what happened. She was pissed at him, though. Mm-hmm. And she just walks up and turns the monitor off. And she's like, you're grounded. And he's just like, okay. And she thought she turned the computer off and ruined his game. And she walked off and went in her room. And then he's just like this. And he just turns it back on. He's playing. <laughs> yeah. That's the same thing. Yeah. It, but you know what? The mom still gave discipline. To tried. Well, she tried. <laughs> she tried, but uh, e for effort, I guess. Today is kind of like they don't give discipline at all. And Not really, and and you could tell when you know the kids or the people who did get disciplined because, uh, you know they could take things from society today. Today, just look at Twitter. That's all I gotta say. Like, there's just look at Twitter, and people are just out of out of control. Everybody just comes off like an entitled little bitch. I'll just say it. Yes. And you know, if you really feel it, fucking the world owes you something. I'm sorry, it doesn't really. <laughs> You're just gonna figure that shit out for yourself. And I, and and to kind of go back on uh, uh, we call it wrestling a little bit. CM Punk was on the top of the world. Remember when, uh, after Money in the Bank, and then he came back, and there was, like, two champions and shit? Uh, mm-hmm. After that, he became an entitled little bitch. He did a little bit, yeah. He he, did, he definitely did, in some instances. And in some other instances, he was being a smart businessman, I think, really. Yeah, I mean... It was like, you know, that situation where he was supposed to wrestle Triple H at WrestleMania, and he just didn't want to fucking do that? Mm. because he was just like 
it's rough, but man, when you hear it, it makes total sense. It's like, I don't need to wrestle you. You need to wrestle me. Oh, we actually got some comments in the chat. Foo's crazy. Who's Sarah says, I think a lot of parents are scared, um, to give discipline now because a lot of kids, uh, go to saying it's abuse. Yeah. I think bullying in a, in a way is needed. I agree. Um, not, not enough to drive a person go to, to kill themselves, but enough to be like, haha, bitch. Or something like that, and that's about it. I think it's important to distinct. You don't really endorse bullying, mm-hmm. but you just accept that it's kind of a part of life in society. Yeah, man, we're getting deep today. Today's episode, I, I think, because I wanted to like spill this all out, <laughs> and because of the Jericho story, we're uh, talking about parenting and like fucking life philosophy shit now. Just- yeah. Um, to kind of steer it back a little bit with the CM Punk, uh, I, I won't say it's all his fault, but then after when he left and like people were still wanting him and like, in my opinion, that's good business. If people still want you in the wrestling community, um, and he just said, fuck you. And then, you know, he, he, he whines like a little bitch on Twitter now. So I, I don't give a fuck about him anymore. Sometimes he does. Sometimes he says some really interesting, funny stuff. Yeah, and, and plus he got knocked out in UFC and failed so twice. So fuck him. At least, at least he tried, I guess. Yeah, E for but, effort. Uh, but uh, like what what I was gonna say though was, um, it's interesting that everybody says that it's like, oh, nobody's soft. And you got people like Matt Riddle coming in saying it's not that we're soft; it's just we're more intelligent now, and you know. We don't go out there and try to kill ourselves and all this shit. I'm like, I disagree. A lot of the spots and shit you guys try to do all the time, like really unnecessary shit, is getting you all injured. No, I don't think so. No. <laughs> like the injury, the rate of injury is higher in the business today than what it was 20 years ago. And that's even with guys fucking hitting each other with shit for real, like in ECW and stuff. Yeah. Like you got to think about that. Nobody does. They just act like, oh, it's better. The wrestling industry is just better now. No, Sabu is Sabu is just fucking crazy. <laughs> I got. I mean, yeah. Don't get me wrong. There's, there's insane people that hurt themselves all the time, but um, this is a funny example of what he's talking about right here. Did you see the thing on the Fox, the official Fox SmackDown Twitter? No. Where they posted the okay. They posted this image and it said, "We're just going to leave this here, you all." And it was a, it was a picture of like various women in WWE. And it was, a, it was a game. It was like, build your team with $15. And they had, you know, female wrestlers in tears broken out, broken down by price. Mm. So you had like Sasha Banks, Becky Lynch, Charlotte, Bailey were $5 each. Mm. And, you, and, go, and it goes down, so on and so forth. And this is supposedly based on wins, losses, and, you know, being a fucking big star and shit, whatever. Um. Well, uh, some people were in the $1 tier, and they weren't happy about it. Who was it? It was was, uh, Peyton Royce, Liv Morgan, uh, Natalia, which is surprising. Okay. uh, (laughs) I'm I'm trying to see, like, (laughs) I hate to. You're trying to see, like, why, like, listen, you know, do you know how the company views you or not? (laughs) 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 Like, why? This is a discussion you need to have with people backstage, not bitching on Twitter about it. Peyton Royce, better than Billy Kay, I think, but still worth a dollar. 
in that in in that chart. Natalia, she's great. She's been using a lot of comedic uh, roles, like when she used to fart all the time. And in three, who was the other one? Liv Morgan. Liv Morgan. There's somebody else I'm forgetting, but yeah. Who cares? When you're a jobber, you're. And then I'm not saying she's a jobber, but she's like a low tier mid carder. Like she's two dollars. Yeah. <laughs> Just okay. this is what she said though. She she got upset and took it really seriously. She's the one that started all this. Oh fuck she, off, Liv. Is it Liv? No, it was Natalia. That's what I'm saying. I was surprised. Because she usually doesn't do stuff like that. And I'm just, and she's like, I don't need anybody to assign worth to me. I know what I'm worth and, and made a big stink about it. And I'm like, why are you taking this so seriously? You're, you're proving the Undertaker's point with shit like this. Mm-hmm. Complaining about this stupid bullshit that doesn't matter. It was just a dumbass game the guy in charge of the social media was trying to do. He's not saying you women are literally worth one fucking dollar. Why you take everything so literally? <laughs> like, what the fuck? And, and, and to be clear, they're worth millions of dollars because they're being signed by Vince McMahon. Or yeah, so if you if you want to take it literally, look at your fucking paycheck. That's what you're worth. Mm. <laughs> Just come on. It, it it boggles my mind, dude. Like every time I read Twitter and every time I read everybody's opinions, and I, and I'm pretty sure like the people that read my opinions. Uh, go well. That guy's fucking stupid. It, it's kind of mutual. I think if we all just agreed that we're all fucking stupid, I think we'd all get along. Um, <laughs> get off social media. Yeah. Off Twitter. If you have Twitter, leave it. Just fucking leave Twitter. I want to shit on Twitter. But that, uh, that's it. I just thought those were. I think a lot of people were really misunderstanding what he what he meant, and uh, that's what he means. It's stuff like that. Yeah. That's what he's talking about. Um. Okay, and this goes into another thing. I'm just gonna piss women off. I think right now, <laughs> uh, there's been like a rash of of wrestling pregnancies that come up at really bad times. Now, I'm not talking about Becky Lynch's, although it seemed to just come out of nowhere. Mm-hmm. And it was just like, "Hey, I'm pregnant," and it's like, "Okay, I have to. You have to go." It's like, "All right, then, bye." So. I still say she dodged a bullet because she managed to stay out of a lot of this empty arena horse shit and stuff. Yeah. It she would... was only there for the first week of it pretty much. And then it was, then she was gone. We wouldn't have those awkward. Oi, Beckley Lynch fucking promos. Or she's... Oh hell. Her promos are good. Yeah. But it would have been awkward just hearing her like talk in an empty arena. And then it hear... would be weird. Like, yeah, it's, it's strange. Mm-hmm. If I was her, I'd stay away until people come back. That's I'd get a smart thing. I'd get pregnant again. Get pregnant again. <laughs> but these other two are like, what the fuck? First one's Brandy. You hear Brandy got pregnant? Yeah, and I I actually watched one of like Sammy Guevara's uh, blog posts. Um, <laughs> uh, Andy says it's awkward to hear any wrestler talk at any empty arena though. Any arena though? Yeah, you're right. Uh, totally right. But I watched Sammy Guevara's blog, and I'm like, oh, I see the baby fat on the face. Like, the body, you, just, <laughs> you, you see a little bump, but, like, the face is like, Bruh. and I'm like, oh, damn. <laughs> you can tell she's fucking pregnant now. Um, <laughs> so, like, they were building up this feud with, like, Shaq. 
and, and Jade Cargill is supposed to be Cody Rhodes and his wife against a big superstar basketball player guy. Mm-hmm. If he's fucking retired, everybody knows who Shaq is. Yeah. <laughs> and this Jade Cargill chick. And then it's like, you're going to get involved in a big angle for your company. And then it's all of a sudden I'm pregnant. And it's like, can't you fucking try to plan this better or something? Like you're under contract. You're like, you're just fucking everything up when you do that. It's preventable. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, it, 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 people try to compare this to injuries and it's like, no, that's different. Injuries is just something that happens. You can make a decision to not have this happen to you. I'm not trying to say this. Like it's a bad thing that you're having a child. That's not what I mean. No. And I, I want to make this clear, like an everyday job in general, like if you get your wife pregnant or your girlfriend pregnant, like congratulations, but you got to think it from, a wrestling standpoint, you're signing a contract to do storyline and, and stuff. And when you're booking a match of booking a storyline where it's going to be like Cody Rhodes and, and Brandy and the other chick and Shaq, and then you're just like, and Cody and Brandy decide one day, we're just going to have unprotected sex. Uh, and, and boom, you know, the, the baby batter goes into Brandy and then, and then, and then a baby, and then a baby happens. It's like, it's like, I get it. Accidents do happen. Yes. Sometimes they do, but there's still other things you can do. But they're happening. I refuse to believe all these are accidents. But, but they're happening more often. And they're happening more often. Yeah. And the other one was Lacey Evans all of a sudden. And she's getting involved in the biggest angle in her career, which but, is like Rick Flair. Flair. Ric Flair is managing her, and she's feuding with Charlotte. This is probably going to be the biggest thing she ever does, most likely. And then it's like, I'm pregnant. Did Ric Flair? Get, you think Ric Flair got her pregnant? I think they were trying to act like that they were going to make that a storyline, then they backed off of that real quick. <laughs> <laughs> they were like, no, maybe, maybe we shouldn't do that. Levisie <laughs> Rod. Woo! 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 <laughs> alimony there was a i was i was watching like because when they were showing rick flair like like put on like a robe on uh lacey evans like he was touching her weird and then like fucking twitter went crazy like oh this looks really bad old man molesting lacey evans i'm like dude you don't understand wrestling. Like, yeah, it kind of looks weird that Ric Flair is, like, 70 years old touching a young woman, uh, which is not young woman, by the way. I think she's, like, 30. She's, like, 34 yeah. or something. But, like, when they do that, like, <laughs> this is going to sound really bad, but they're honored that, you know, they're being touched <laughs> by Ric Flair. <laughs> it does sound really bad. Yeah. <laughs> It's such an honor to be both felt. Oh my god! But no, like again, though, it's like if you want to do that, can't you just sit down and have a talk and be like, "Listen, I want to do this thing." So, like, if you can prepare to just write me off TV or something, let's do that. Yeah, but you, and, and uh, I know what you're going with on that, like talking me off uh, TV. But to kind of bring that up. You know, we talk about the situation. Um, I don't know how I could bring up Zach a smidge. You would have to bring up his gain somehow. Is there a gain on your microphone, Zach? Uh, Let me look. Actually, here we go. 
You should be better. I got you. Am I, am I better? Okay. You're better. Okay. I got if you. you in, so. I got you in yellow now. All right. Uh, but like that situation where like Ric Flair is touching Lacey Evans, like if they talk down and uh, they say this is what we're gonna do, and it's gonna it's gonna look great on TV. And then, like, when people on Twitter go fucking nuts and do the cancel culture bullshit, then, like, it's going to make me sound fucking like I'm a a fucking uh, misogynist. Um, (laughs) But we're already there. It's always the woman that never speaks up about it. You know what I mean? Like, we we talk about this is what we're gonna do, but then Ric Flair says, "Well, yeah, but well, we talked about it." And then the, the female just never says anything. They're they're tired. Uh, they're uh, they're ignoring, or hopefully, uh, you know, hopefully it goes away, and it never does. But I digress on that. I don't know. I feel like you should you should try to plan for this kind of thing more instead of just rent. Hey, just dumping it on your employer. Yeah. But who's next? Whatever. Who's next? <laughs> uh Oh, this is this was the surprise I wanted you to hear this. Okay, I'm ready. In the Wrestling Observer, Uncle Dave Meltzer's fucking rag. Oh, um, you mean uh the five-star AEW here's your paycheck, man? Yeah, that guy who yeah. who, who absolutely fucking swears that's not that's not what's going on. <laughs> Even though he will harass people online for talking bad about AEW into the late the wee hours of the night, he he will he will continually pick at you. <laughs> I've seen it. I've seen it happen. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, Tony Khan won the best promoter and Booker Award in the Wrestling Observer. Because and Dave- I was just like, what? <laughs> because of Dave Meltzer. No, it was it was reader. Oh, reader. It was reader polled. And I was like, I mean, like, don't get me wrong. I'm not saying WWE's better. No. It's it's just like, are you fucking for real? I that mean, guy? <laughs> I, I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna be real. Who else would be above him, you think? Yeah, you don't really have a whole lot of options, but like let's if we're talking like last year. Yeah, it's even short. It's even a shorter list, but um, because yeah, I'm not gonna give it to Impact. Uh, oh, fuck no, not them. Uh, what about New Japan? Yeah, New Japan. I I actually would put New Japan at number one because after Kenny and the gang like took everybody <laughs> and brought them to AEW, all the bad people left. Is what you're trying to say? <laughs> uh, <laughs> the uh, they they took what. They took what they got and they turned it around, uh, and now they're uh, now they're trying to, you know, work with AEW, which I kind of like. I like the whole New Japan thing with with Kento. By the way, I don't know if we talked about that. What do you think about Kento just like fucking things up with uh, John Moxley? Um, that's kind of cool because I like Kenna. Yeah. I don't know why his hair's pink though. Like, he needs to like fucking change that. Oh, he's doing that in the New Japan. So whatever, you know, J- Japanese people are weird. That, that, that's I thought he was like, I thought he was well out of the age bracket of doing stuff like that. Though. I, again, this is. J- I think he's like forty or some shit. This is this is this is Japan. Like that, that's all I got to okay. say. Okay. 
Um, but that that's cool. I I always like Kenta. I he, I feel like he got a raw deal in in WWE. Lol. Mm. It wasn't anybody's fault. It was just bad timing with injuries kind of fucked him. Now, if um, if NWA was still active during the uh, the uh, what you call it the pandemic, which I don't understand why not. Why didn't he keep it going? Um, I guess he just doesn't want to do empty arena anything. Even if they do do it in the in Techwood Drive in the studios there, which is a really small venue. Yeah, they could have done something outside. Um, <sighs> yeah. I, I, th- um, I, I think if that was the case, I would have probably put NWA a little bit higher. Um, but I, I will say this about Tony Khan. Um, I think he needs to stop letting the wrestlers do things or, or book things. Because look at Kenny. Kenny Omega's in charge of the females, and he, he always has to put the the uh, Asian wrestlers over and I'm, and I'm not, I'm not being racist against Asians, but like there's, there's clearly other races in that division that deserve to be over than people from different countries. Because look at Riho, right? She was champion. Uh, and then she couldn't be like at most of the dynamites because of the, uh, she had other contracts with like new Japan and all that stuff. Yeah, like stardom or something, I think. Uh, I I sort of understand that because it's like his connections are mostly in Japan because mm-hmm. that's where he spent his career pretty much. Yeah. Uh, so I get it, but he needs to try to like broaden his shit a little bit. Um, plus, I don't know, he's still, if he is booking that, he's doing a weird job because he's doing stuff like putting – Serena Deeb and Riho on, and they have a pretty good match, apparently, from what I've heard. Yeah. And then it's like, well, the next match in the this tournament isn't even on TV. Yeah. What the, what the fuck are you doing? <laughs> um, uh, I do like that Thunder Rosa is facing against Britt Baker at Revolution. That'll probably be the best match Britt Baker has and, so far. Uh, House Party says, the problem with Kenny booking the women's division is there are no stories. And that's the thing, like... He's right. He is right. Um, <laughs> the the one thing I like about the women's division is Britt Baker, and you remember how I hated Britt Baker in the beginning. I'm like, she's... Yeah, I mean, you're pretty hard on her, I remember, yeah. I'm like, she's stale, she's bad on the microphone, and then she turned it around. She turned it around, she tapped into that... Um, Jim Cornette likes to compare her to Sonny. How she like talks and does promos. Mm-hmm. If you if you remember how Sunny was, it's like yeah, I kind of see that actually. She kind of has like this. She's tapped into like this bitch mode, and it like works for her. Yeah. <laughs> so I, I like that uh, the Nyla and Vicky Guerrero thing is kind of weird to me. Um, well, it's it's off and on. It's like again, this person's supposed to be like a monster, and they fucking lose fifty percent of the time. Mm-hmm. It's like. This this is the stuff that makes me scoff laugh at like being the best promoter booker is shit like this. And then stuff like there being constant kidnappings and backstage altercations. You cannot be safe in the backstage environment ever. And how every time a baby face goes to cut a promo, they get interrupted after saying four words or maybe even no words every time without fail mm-hmm. or after a match, something has to happen every single time after a match. Yeah. A match just can't end. 
there's always got to be something that happens right after the match. Mm-hmm. And it's just like, that's, that's down to him. So he needs to quit doing stupid shit. <laughs> if they're going to like say, call him the best booker. The one thing I want to bring up is I think Tony Khan and Cody have a better relationship on booking things because every time I think their brains come together, they think of old school wrestling um, and stuff. And, and it shows in some of the, the storylines. Uh, yeah. The, yeah. the tag team division, the Young Bucks, mm. it, it, no. everything, is, everything is very theatric and everything is like ballet. Um, it turns my stomach when I see the FTR guys in interviews talking about how great Tony Khan is and how great their, their career has been since they've been there because they have to know they have to be fucking lying when they say that shit. How can you say that? You're big. They've been devalued further ever since they've gone there. But, <laughs> but I, I feel like it, even though they lost the titles to the young bucks and stuff, I feel like they had a better shot in AEW than WWE did. I mean, I, I guess so. Don't look at don't look at NXT because when if if they were if they were in NXT the whole time, I'd be like, yeah, you guys definitely were better off there than AEW. Uh, but I do like the Tully thing, um, even though they don't use t- Tully properly. 80 percent of the time i like when tully gets like on the top rope and does like the, the he mouth. does the spike pile driver yeah yeah it's, yeah, it's fucking yeah. i love it i mark out every time uh they had one good idea with them on the main roster and it was just kind of like a a, a thing they tried for like two weeks it was when they were putting him with uh with with randall oh, yeah. remember and i was just like that's weird i kind of like that i don't know why i feel like that works and that's right and people kind of like that pairing Mm-hmm. And it, it just lasted like maybe a month at most, and it was just forgotten. Like they just quietly wrote it off TV. Yep. And from what I heard, that was mostly Randall's doing, is why they they even gave that a chance. He's like, I want to work with these guys. They're fucking cool, and you know they're gonna listen to whatever Randall says. Well, when FTR <laughs> so... went on on Jim Cornette's podcast, like I I wonder which part of it was like a shoot work, and then the other part was like real stuff. But if they were talking about how like Vince McMahon is like, oh, you're you're like kind of like Arn and Tully, and like they took it at Vince was looking at at like like an insult in a way, not an insult, but like a downgrade. Like you're not like the other tag teams that we have. And by the way, they don't have that much tag teams. It's like you're not like New Day, and you're not like uh, I don't know, one of the Luchador people. Um, Lucha House Party. Lucha House Party. Like, are they still a thing? I guess I don't know. That's Why? that's the one thing I want to like give a positive about AEW's tag division. There is a division. I will give them that. There I, is a division. It's just still not very well established yet. Andy, thank you for the Prime subscription, by the way. Thanks, brother. Yeah. Um. Yeah. Um. I I, I don't totally hate it that he was the top promoter. Um. Because there's there's not a lot of competition. Uh, That's just the sad state of affairs, is what I'm saying. Oh, okay. Is that this guy, this guy wins, and I'm like, really? I mean, uh, whatever. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, I have like, when he does good things about it, I kind of like it, and I still like that it's still fresh. Uh, his show compared to others, 
And I like that he's keeping an open mind to work with other promotions and not be Vince and be like, no, I want to have just me. And that's it. And I want to control everything kind of thing. Yep. I mean, it, I, that's certainly more interesting. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, you get to see other people. You get to see fucking James Storm versus fucking, uh, I don't know, uh, John Moxley, maybe down in the future. I, I like that ridiculous Excalibur line or some shit when, like, Kenta showed up. He's like, the forbidden door is open! And I'm like, what the <laughs> fuck? Shut up. God, you made it sound nerdy as shit. <laughs> oh, man. All right. Is there any other news you want to talk about? No, oh, no, that's it. Oh my god, we almost went an hour of talking news, but that's fucking. Uh, we we weren't here for almost a month, so we had to talk about parenting, society, social media, pregnancy, what you should do with the workplace when that happens, bad booking, baby batter. <laughs> we talked about it all. Um. All right, let's start with WCW Saturday Night. WCW March thirteenth. That's right, 1993. 1993. Um, so I kind of canceled my WWE Network, so I found copies uh, of the VCR, by the way. And by the way, WWF Raw had some commercials, some 90s commercials. So oh, shit. I saw a Star Fox uh, for the Super Nintendo commercial. Oh, man. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but anyway... Uh, the first match, Ricky Steamboat and Shane Douglas defeated uh, Chick Donovan and the Masked Wrecker. The Masked Wrecker. Yeah. Um, so, what do you guys say about this? <laughs> so, I found out that they don't have the belts anymore. Yeah, I was surprised by that. I'm like, they're just, they don't have them. And then they, shortly after you notice that, they start talking about it. And I'm like, what happened? Mm-hmm. Because, uh... We didn't see anything. I mean, unless it was on a different show. It had to be on a different show, right? I, I looked it up. They lost him on a, uh episode of WCW Power Hour. That's a week from now. <laughs> Remember? I, you know, I don't know what happened. I, I feel like they got their taping schedule mixed up or some shit. Maybe the, uh, That's the only thing I can think of. Maybe the Blizzard fucked them up. <laughs> the, bl- the Blizzard in the South fucked them up? Maybe. <laughs> Maybe they had to like change schedules around. Maybe fucking uh, Brian Pillman was like in Canada or something. <laughs> Maybe I most know. people just lived in Atlanta down there. I think around that time. Um, <laughs> I don't really have a lot to say about this match because it was it, there wasn't a whole lot to it. In my opinion. I, I wrote down. I said, "Ricky Steamboat is Ricky Steamboat." I can't wait for him to be single. <laughs> he's he's awesome. It's the same thing I keep saying. Is like I want him to get the fuck away from Shane Douglas and start doing some single shit. Mm-hmm. Every time Shane Douglas got in the ring, I, I I I think I got up and got like food because I was just bored of every time Shane Douglas was in the match. Um, Chick and Mass Wrecker had like a tiny bit of offense, but it was massively controlled by Shane and Ricky. Yeah, like this is all I got here. I. <laughs> I don't mean to pick on Shane Douglas, but it's just every time I see him, he does something that bothers me. <laughs> it's just, in this case, it was like Chick Donovan pulls Shane's hair. That's fine, because Chick Donovan's a heel. Mm-hmm. His name's Chick Donovan, and he wears like, like a sparkly gold fucking jacket. Jacket. How are you not a heel? But, uh, <laughs> and then Shane pulls his hair. And I was just like, what a baby face. 
He turned around and pulled that guy's fucking hair. Like, without, it didn't even, like, build. It was just like, fine, fuck you. And he pulled his hair, too. <laughs> it's like, that just reminds me of the, just little psychology things that he always does that bothers me. Yeah. Like, when he's always trying to horn in on Steamboat's glory. Like, when Steamboat gets a moment to look cool, he always is like, yeah, I'm here, too. So he's kind of, he's kind of like Hulk Hogan a little bit. No, Hulk Hogan just takes over the situation. Yeah. You know, he just steals everybody's thunder. But <laughs> I wrote, Masked Wrecker sucks. <laughs> I just noticed, like, he's just really fucking awkward and he doesn't sell anything. Yeah. There's a lot of, like, not selling good going on in this show with some people. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I was saying, yeah, I don't understand Douglas's psychology. He was just doing a lot of stuff that was just odd. I just, I didn't get what he was doing. Um, Steamboat's great. I can't get into it. I want Steamboat to move on. 5.5, 5. 5.25 out of 10. 5 out of 10 for me. I, if I, Steamboat wasn't there, it'd be lower. <laughs> <laughs> um, Next match is Vinny Vegas versus Danny D's. And I, I, not, I wrote this. Danny D's, not Danny B's. Yeah. I wrote this. Danny D's um, looked like an out of shape Ric Flair. <laughs> he kind of does a little bit. Yeah. Um, I, I really liked, it, it kind of looked like he was doing more, uh, and by the way, Vin, Vinny Vegas is Kevin Nash, by the way, people in the chat, if you, if you were wondering, if you don't know who Vinny Vegas is. If you never knew the amazing gimmicks of Kevin Nash, like Oz, Vinny Vegas, which is where, where he's at right now, Diesel, mm-hmm. yeah, we're in the, the very early part of his career right now. This is, he starts to like work as a giant. Um, we've been noticing that the past couple episodes, but he kind of went back to being like quick again in this one. He he's to me, he's hit the area he should have stayed at, which was like, he's this really big guy. Who's got a lot of weight and leverage and power over you, mm-hmm. but he can also move pretty fast. Yeah. Like he, to me, he's hit the right, he's hit the sweet spot. Cause I think he was trying to do too much stuff a little bit before. Uh, but I just wrote Vegas lays a shit in and looks good. Squash. Yeah, squash. <laughs> uh, I wrote uh, like a lot of splashes, a lot of elbow drops, and then boom, done. He was doing that shit where he was like beating the shit out of him in the corner. That looked pretty good there. Mm-hmm. He was, was kind of laying it in when he was doing it. I'm like, yeah, it looks like you're fucking fighting. Do people in wrestling now look like they're fighting? Nope. Nope. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I, it, it's. This squash match, I didn't mind because I'm like, it makes Vinny Vegas look strong, and that's what they were going for. Plus, it didn't overstay its welcome. Yes. Uh, (laughs) This match had me a little excited because our man Jay Gunn gets a fucking title shot. Johnny Gunn. Was it for the title? Yeah, it was for the title. Okay, I must have just missed that. Yeah, they, they, like, softly mention that, you know, Barry Windham's putting the title on the line. Uh, Barry Windham versus Johnny Gunn for the NWA World Heavyweight Championship. And boy, Jay Gunn brings it up in this match. Uh, I was high. He I, tries. I, he tries, but I, I was impressed, dude, because, like, one I wrote in big, bold letters, I actually put it, like, big. I said, Jay Gunn getting a title shot. The fuck? <laughs> uh, and then I was like, Jay Gunn working the arm uh, and the ground game. He did a lot of ground shit. Um but uh and then I wrote Jay Gunn doing the uh power slam was cool. 
I, mm-hmm. I, I like that. Uh, Barry Windham, his fucking punches look powerful as fuck. Like when he was yeah. when he was landing those right haymakers at a J gun, I was like, ooh, those, talking about like looking at like a fight, like Barry Windham is a good example. Every time Barry, what he does is he he draws back mm-hmm. very slowly, and then he just goes like wham, like real fast. And the dude's like, oh, except this is the only thing about Jay Gunn's performance I didn't like. He wasn't selling that good for him, I thought. Yeah. Like it looked like, to me, I don't think it's like, I think he just doesn't know how to sell good yet. Because I, I still think he's like new. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Um, or he just can't sell. Some people just can't sell good. Mm-hmm. Um, but, yeah. Something else I noticed about Barry I really like is I like how he keeps his composure in a match. Yeah. Like, you know, when like, you know, usually when a heel gets on the ropes and it's like they're getting arm dragged a bunch and put in holes and they get pissed off like a Paul Orndorff might. Um, <laughs> you mean Paula? Like Barry does. Yeah, Paula. Barry doesn't do that. He just like when he's in a hold, he's just like you can tell on his face. He's like, I got to think about how to get the fuck out of this hold. That's just kind of where he's at. <laughs> yeah. Um, I really love the finish. Uh, actually, no, I want to bring this up. Barry does this suplex pin combo that I know is really cool. Like, he does, like, a, a suplex, and then he, like, flipped his body into, like, a pin. Uh, yeah, it's like a float over. Every time he does that, it looks super smooth. It's awesome. Yeah. And then, obviously, when he hits his DDT, boy, Jay, I, I think Jay Gunn sold that DDT really well, in my opinion. Yeah, he did sell that. Yeah, because it was the finish. Uh and, <laughs> and that's all that's all I got to say about it. Um I really liked it. Uh I was I I I am I'm, I'm not going to lie. I marked out that Jay Gunn got a, got a title shot, so I gave it a 6 out of 10. I gave it a 6 out of 10 too. Uh the only other things I had to say was I did kind of like the finish because it was a little creative where I don't the only part the only hole you can really punch in it is it's like he was Jay Gunn was running at Barry, who was like near the ropes. He was like kind of leaning on him mm-hmm. and looking across the ring. And um, he's he runs at him like he's going to do something. You don't know what he do, what he could have possibly have been trying to do. And he stun guns himself on the top rope. Yeah, this is like Barry ducks, and then he he stun guns himself. And then Barry gets up and he's like, ah, you fucker. And then he DTs him. Yeah, <laughs> that's a good one. I don't know what the hell he was trying to do, but. He got it. <laughs> Six uh, out of ten, though. So after the match, uh, Tony Schiavone uh, gets up to try to interview Barry and asks him about Ric Flair, and Barry Windham just fucking walks off. What did he say out there on the street on his Harley Davidson? I forget, remember what he said? I don't remember word for word, but it was something that's not about Ric Flair. It's not about Ric Flair. It's about Barry Windham and mm. the NWA championship. That's what he said. Yep. So uh, <laughs> I, I really like that. Um, I think Barry Windham is badass. Uh, to go in the chat, um, House Party says, I never saw the character, but I'm aware of any Vegas. I started watching WCW in 96. I was a WWF only from 89 to 95. Oh, okay. So you've seen him as Diesel and then Kevin Nash. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, next match. Two Cold Scorpio and Marcus Alexander Bagwell, the movie star of Return to Savage Beach. Um, 
faces against JD Wolf and Pat Rose. Um, yeah. What do you think? I mean, there was a bunch of combos happening between Marcus and Alexander Bagwell and Two Gold Scorpio. Like there was not a, there was like no offense at all from the. Uh, yeah, the, the other team got like yeah, almost zero offense. Mm-hmm. I I don't have much to say about this one. Two Cold's awesome again. He's real over. At one point, he does like a top rope leg drop to Pat Rose's arm. Yeah, and he sells it like he fucking broke it. It was amazing. He's like he he just leaps real high in the air. Like if you've never seen Two Cold Scorpio, that guy is like athletic as shit, and he gets air. Mm-hmm. Like he's honestly really ahead of his time, in my opinion. Like at this point in time, nineteen ninety three, you don't really see American wrestlers doing stuff like what he was doing. Yeah. Um, and when he lands on him, like Pat Rose gets up and is like fuck, and he just falls over. Like he collapses and just rolls over in the ring, and like he, and he's like shit. And he tags out. <laughs> and, um, geez, what else did I write? JD Wolf can't fucking sell. Yep. <laughs> he looks like a reject Heart Foundation member, like with his fucking outfit. I don't know what the fuck he was trying to do there. <laughs> You're right. <laughs> he's like this pink and black shit, but he's like balding and out of shape. Mm-hmm. He, yeah, but he didn't sell anything. It was like against these two guys at all. It's like he would get punched. He's just uh, like it barely registers and he has no facial expressions like the whole time. Yeah. It's like, what the fuck, man? Like sell for him. Shit. <laughs> um, Bagwell hits a fisherman suplex and he wins. Yeah. And then we get that uh, Missy Hyatt promo. Then she. Oh, wait. What, what did you give this one? I forgot. It was. It went too long to be a squash. You know what I'm saying? I put it as squash. Okay, well, I gave it a 5.5. Okay. Just because the other two guys tried, and Pat Rose really tried. He tried to get him over. He acted like Scorpio broke his goddamn arm. <laughs> <laughs> um, Missy Hyatt did a promo with uh, Tony Schiavone. No, no, Larry Sabisco, right? Yeah, Larry. Mm-hmm. Um, living legend. Talking about Ric Flair again. She wants to get close to Ric Flair. And yep. It, it makes me like, is, is she ever going to get to Ric Flair? But at the same time, I'm kind of getting annoyed with this, whatever is happening with Missy Hyatt. You forgot. She she asked Larry if he could use his influence to make that happen. Oh. And if he did, she might do something for him. <laughs> <laughs> what and you- then Larry's like, uh... <laughs> We'll see. We'll see what happens. I do have influence. <laughs> <laughs> oh boy. Uh, I guess maybe uh, Missy Hyatt will, you know, suck Larry Sabisco's dick or more. You just fucking <laughs> like no pretense at all. You're just like, oh, she might suck his dick. We'll see what happens. <laughs> <laughs> we'll see what happens. Uh, so we have Davy Boy Smith versus Tony Vincent. <laughs> I have nothing to say about this match. I but like one, I wrote one note. What is it? I wrote Bulldog has new music, which is like a flaccid version of Hail Britannia. <laughs> and Jesse gives it shit, rightfully so. He says if he's coming out to music like that, he better be able to wrestle. I was like, damn, he fucking roasted the shit out of him. <laughs> like he was coming out to like some kind of rock music before. Mm-hmm. It was just like some generic rock music, but it sounded way better than that. Holy fuck. <laughs> yeah. Um Davy Boy Smith did his uh 
power slam pretty much in one. He did his power shit that looked cool. He did his delay suplex. Yeah. You know, he just looked fucking awesome again. And then he did a promo right after. Yeah, him too. Also wrote, oh yeah, Tony Vincent looked bland as fuck. He looked like a <laughs> he looked like a cre- default creator wrestler. Yes. <laughs> I was like, wow. I was like, fucking who is this guy? <laughs> he's just like white. He's like he's like big. It's weird. He's like really big. He's taller than Bulldog, I think. White. He just has a generic short hair haircut and he wears gray tights. I wrote down he kind of looks like a retarded version of Steve Blackman. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, Uh, I get straight to the point. Uh, uh, He kind of does the same promo against Vader again a little bit. They're just sort of subtly building Bulldog and Vader. I think that's Vader's next match for real. Yeah. I actually looked ahead, uh, not in like WCW, but just in general of like Davy Boy Smith's career in WCW, um, and it, it look it looks like they try to build him to be like a, a champion, but then things happen. So, yeah, we'll get there eventually. Um, what about Rick Rude's promo? What do you have to say about it? It was cool. I liked it. It was also surprising, like the content of it, in my opinion, because Rick Rude is is pretty much always been a heel, as far as I know. Yeah. He's just like, WCW ripped him off, and he's willing to work to get his title back, though. He's going to bust his ass. Mm-hmm. And he says he'll be in action next week, and I'm like, great. Nice. Looking forward to it. <laughs> I, I can't wait to see Rick Rude again wrestle, so I'm I'm highly excited about that. Uh, yeah, I kind of like the angle that he's going with, um, where he's like, and you tell it, you you could tell in the main event, like he's he's all about kicking ass and do and doing it the face way, which is kind of weird to see, um, because he's always been a heel in my opinion. Um, but Rick, the, the, Rick Rude's portrayal is like changed when he went to WCW. It's like in WWF, he was kind of a chicken shit heel a little bit. Mm-hmm. That's the kind of heels Vince usually likes to push. Like he rarely does like a monster heel. Yeah. Uh, especially during that time, he loved that chicken shit heel gimmick in the eighties and stuff. But, um, when rude went to WCW, he was, he became like a tough guy heel pretty much. Mm. And that, that's, that's basically where he's at right now. Yeah. So I guess we will see what Rick rude does next week. <laughs> All right. Shanghai Pierce and Tex Salinger, uh, versus Slazinger. Slazinger. Versus Bobby Baker and Scotty McKeever. What a names, by the way. Um, I, the first thing I wrote was fuck. Because yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, God damn it, it's these two again. Because like, every time they fucking show up, they have like a boring ass match that just bores the piss out of me. I don't, and I, ugh. But they surprised me this time a little bit. Yeah, when, and this is the part where I was talking about where I was going to bring up. I'm like... Wait, are they, uh, I was like, are they, because they squashed pretty much Bobby Baker and Scotty McKeever. And I'm like, wait a second, are they pushing Shanghai and Tex? Because that's weird. Um, So, like, I wrote, <laughs> I was like, I wrote Shanghai and Tex, Pearl Harbor, the other team, and pretty much controlled them throughout the whole match and, and won. Uh, yeah. You have any other notes about this one before we get into the what they were going for? 
pretty much. I said they they actually had a fast match and they squashed him. It wasn't too bad. They looked pretty good. I was just shocked because I was just used to their matches being so fucking plotting and blase and shit. And well, they just decisively beat some people. And I was like, see, this is the difference. It's like if you just make it look like somebody can beat the shit out of somebody really fast, it has a positive effect. Yep. Uh, but what they went for, um, cause when I was, cause I actually wrote, it was like, what the fuck? And then text, uh, and Shanghai get on the microphone and call out the cold twins. Uh, first they call out the president of WCW. I forgot his name. Grizzly Smith, Jake Roberts, dad. Yeah. Grizzly Smith comes out. Uh, he's fucking huge. It's, it's, it's just so weird to see like this enormously tall man come out and you know, he's like, uh. A court an office guy. <laughs> he he comes out and he's like, "You want another match?" He's like, "I'll give you five minutes." <laughs> and then all of a sudden, uh, the Cold Twins just come in and just start beating the shit out of Tex in uh, uh, Shanghai. And boy, mm. oh boy, are the Cold Twins so fucking over right now? Why are they over? Like, I don't understand. It, it's like, what did they really do? besides have these weird mullets and uh those those are not weird bullets those are amazing bullets <laughs> those are like those are some of the most outstanding mullets i've ever seen and they I, match yeah <laughs> I, I i don't know why they're so over but i every time the crowd gets hype i get hype in this match yeah uh, <laughs> and boy oh boy does the the cold <laughs> The Colt Twins do great clotheslines because I was impressed by one of the clotheslines that happened. I mean, honestly, there's not they don't really do anything bad. They, they're they have solid basics, and they do like you know typically babyface offense. You know, they, they do good arm drags and they do like some drop toe holds and drop kicks and clotheslines, and they, they look pretty good. Hmm. Well, they won on a double drop kick, by the way. By the way, they did. They did the rock and roll move. They did the double drop kick and beat him. Mm-hmm. And then they got the hell out of there because the wrecking crew came in to try to like get him. And then they're like, nope, they, they bailed out and got away. And it was hilarious. So do you think there's going to be like an eight man tag match possibly? Oh my God. You mean like with the, the team that's coming up later and the, all the, these other two and everything? Yeah. I don't know about that. Like they I, could try that. I feel like that'd be a cluster. I mean, I mean, maybe they just might get rid of Tex in Shanghai and be like the Wrecking Crew and the, the Bruiser Brothers or whatever like that versus the Cold Twins. And I guess you have to find another, um, hopefully not Ricky Steamboat and Shane Douglas. Um, I think Ricky Steamboat's splitting off from him here very soon. But like, uh, I don't, I know eventually Tex and Shanghai do leave for uh, up north. I don't remember when, because they're the Godwins. Mm-hmm. So, I just can't remember when the Godwins first appeared. I want to say it was like 95, but I don't know. Uh, do you have anything else to say about this match? Uh, Tex and Shanghai kept pace with the Coles, so they didn't really look like shit. Yep. And I don't, again, I don't understand why they're so over. I guess it was just the shock of them beating that team that they were trying to build up. Mm-hmm. What the fuck? And then they're just because they haven't really cut a promo. They did kind of before a little bit, and they have like a weird, bland kind of look. Even though I talk about their mullet, <laughs> it's like they're in shape, 
and they have matching ring gear and they have that weird mullet but like otherwise they don't nothing about them really stands out physically no and the, and the last time they did a promo they were just like oh no uh, that that's keith and that's cole yeah or, cole, or whatever the fuck kent. the other one's name is yeah kent no yeah they were doing that thing mm-hmm. uh i don't really got anything else to say about that i gave it a 6.0 because it wasn't a squash i gave it a 5.2 out of 10 yeah, I mean, it was. I, I guess I was just shocked that the the, the Godwins, the soon to be Godwins, were like working. <laughs> <laughs> um, next match is a, uh, it, I'm gonna straight say right off the bat is a squash, but Max Payne versus TC Carter, and I go, oh no, he's going back to the weird hair kind of, and the shit ass ring gear. Yeah. What the fuck? It's pretty bad when your opponent, the jobber, has way flashier ring gear than you. Yeah, it's it's <laughs> terrible. And they're still selling this armbar, by the way. I mean, that's a legit move. Yeah, it, it, it's just like I don't know if it. I don't know if he's gonna be over because his his gear. Because remember when I said, oh, he's changing his hair and his how his gear looks and everything. He's starting to look like an actual wrestler. Now, now it's kind of like he's relapsing into the joke that he was before. I don't get why he can't like take some of that shit he wears on his ring jacket. You know how he's got like his name, like Max, and it's like stylized to look like heavy metal shit, you know. Mm-hmm. And he's got like some band shit on the side, you know, like like Misfits or fucking you know Jews Priest or whatever. Yeah. I'm not saying put their logos on your tights, but put some shit on your pants that make it look like you're like a metalhead or something. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, have your, your max. And then like on the other side, have like a fucking crucifix going through a skull or some bullshit, just something like, you know, I mean, if he was going to sell the arm bar kind of thing, I would come up with a logo that had like an arm and I guess a bar, whatever. And like, show like the show, like a bottle of pills. It's like painkiller fucking spills out or some shit. It's like an album cover. Yeah. You know, see, like, this isn't hard. This is, like, bullshit that everybody comes up with when they make their creator wrestlers on their stupid video game. How come How come you can't come up with pants that look cool? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I know it feels like I'm, I'm getting really mad about this, but it's just, like, bizarre that this guy still has such a bland-ass look. Well, it's it's because I like I was like, oh, this is this is a joke. I hate how he is and everything, but his promos are okay. Like, your promos are fine. Um, it's just your appearance. Uh, and then, like, the, when he was uh, doing the guitar at the one event, Super Bowl three and shit. Uh, that was kind of cool. It was unique. It was unique. It was cool. It, it showed a little uh, different side of him. And then the next day, pretty much, or the next uh, event, he his hair was straightened out. Uh, he had better ring gear. And I'm like, he's going in the right direction. What is this? I love it. And then he's like, fuck it, I don't give a shit anymore. He's reverting back. Yeah, yeah it's like he was kind of finding a, a persona there, and it's gone. Yeah. Um, Squash. Squash, yeah. And then Missy and Larry promo again. I don't remember what happened in this. I wrote I wrote, wrote down. Missy whines about how she's still not meeting Ric Flair, and then Larry seems to call security on her. <laughs> he's like, well, these guys will take care of it. And then all of a sudden, the barbarian shows up and like scares them away. And he's doing like the Vader, ooh, 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 ooh. and then 
transition, Vader comes out. <laughs> and then Vader comes what what are they trying to say? Is are we gonna see Barbarian versus Vader? Maybe, I don't know. I don't know, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I, I just thought it was funny that he was doing the Vader who who uh and then like like they'd transition into him him coming out. And then they show people in the crowd doing it. Yeah. By the way, did you know that um Vader had his title on the line against Dave Hart? Did you know that? <laughs> no, that's really funny though. Yeah. I I wrote that down. I'm like, huh, squash match. Maybe he knew. Maybe like this little guy is not going to do anything. Yeah. So we got. Well, he wasn't a little guy actually. He was kind of tall. Yeah, kind of tall. Um, yeah. Big Van Vader versus Dave Hart. No relation. Um. Yeah. Uh. Dave Hart throws really shitty forearms mm-hmm. and just looks perturbed to be in the ring. Mm-hmm. Like his facial expression is just like. Like he's bewildered, like I'm in a wrestling ring. <laughs> and then Vader beats the fuck out of him. It was like seeing Jeff Goldblum being in a kind wrestling. Of, yeah, it was like somebody he was like the Jeff Goldblum of wrestling for like two minutes. <laughs> Vader press slams him twice, and then the second time, because he kind of fucked up the first one, I think. So Vader just dumped him outside and he's like, No, we're gonna do it again, and it's gonna look better because I'm gonna throw you on the fucking rail. So he does that. It looks cool. And he goes in and he does the shit where he beats the shit out of somebody in the corner and it's awesome. Because mm-hmm. you get to hear the, the smacking. The die, 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 where it sounds like there's a bear beating the piss out of you in a corner and you can't get out of it. <laughs> and then he power bombs him and he's dead. It's squash. squash. I love Vader squashes. Yeah. It was a nice <laughs> squash to see. Um so we introduced the Bruiser Brothers. Um <laughs> Yeah, Jesse's like before this next segment, he's like, I've got a surprise, Shivani. And he's like, Oh, oh boy, we'll see. So is is Jesse Ventura like the manager of these guys? Is that what they're going for? I don't think so. I think it's just like a thing. Like, you know how like Heenan is like, I have a guy, the narcissist. And then that was it. I think it's like that. Mm-hmm. He's just introducing somebody to the audience, to the WCW universe, if you will. <laughs> yeah. So I, I wrote down, I said, the twin joke thing is getting old because you're like, oh, no, it's John. Oh, no, it's Ron. I'm like, stop. This is annoying. Yeah, they're doing the same shit with the Cole brother. I'm like, why are you doing gimmick infringement on your own gimmick? Mm-hmm. What the hell? <laughs> Um, uh, I I wrote down I I liked what the Bruise Brothers were doing. Um, they were kind of like wearing down the other team with power, uh, and, and you don't see that a lot in in wrestling anymore. You kind of see the small guys like defeating the big guys now, the the powerful guys. And it's, it's like yeah, they get they get kind of like they get beat up a little bit, mm-hmm. or like they'll just evade their shit endlessly and just wear them down. Yeah, yeah. This team, like the Bruce Brothers, I was like, oh, I kind of dig that, you know, they're doing all these bear hugs and shit and, like, uh, punching the shit out of them <laughs> and just, like, overpowered them. And I, I, I really like that. It That impressed me a little bit. Uh, but what do you got to say about this match? Um, Jesse had a great line in this because Tony was like, hey, you know which ones they are because they have different tattoos. And then Jesse says... If Tony, if brains were dynamite, you couldn't blow your nose. <laughs> Damn. Um, these guys seem like Bruiser Brody knockoffs. 
just their appearance. Yeah. The, the size, the kind of the wrestling style a little bit. They're going for like kind of a wild brawler type deal, except not running around the whole arena fighting a, a fat guy from Sudan or something. <laughs> um, they lay their shit in and execute their moves pretty well, but seem pretty gr- green and uncoordinated in terms of how they move. Yeah. Because if you notice, like, both of them, I think, still don't really know how to hit the ropes. Mm-hmm. Like, one guy got caught in the ropes when he was he was trying to, you know, shoot off, shoot himself off. I'm like, what the... F-? Did he get stuck? <laughs> and then the other guy awkwardly, like, sort of ran into the ropes, kind of stopped and slowed down instead of, like, smoothly bouncing off and running. And they were kind of stumbling and shit a couple times. This is just something I noticed. It's like they don't move very good. Yeah. Um... I felt like this went too long and overexposed them for what they're trying to do. Yeah, I wrote that down too. I said, you know, <laughs> the match was kind of too long uh, to the point where I was just like, man, Wrecking Crew is kind of better than you guys, and that's pretty sad. Because, like, it, it's funny because of what you're saying. It's like, I kind of like what they're doing, but, and I kind of did too, but then it went past five minutes. Yeah, it should have been like a two minute squash. But it ended up hurting them because I believe the other team had some offense in there at times. Like, who the fuck are these guys? Why? Why is it taking these guys so long to beat them? <laughs> it's just uh, the twin stuff was getting stale. I I wrote that down too, mm. and I gave it a four point five out of ten because it wasn't really. It was too long to be a squash. I gave it a, just a regular five out of ten. I. <laughs> I didn't mind it too much, but then I was like, eh, it's kind of too long, but not enough to go down below. I didn't really, I saw the little hiccups here and there, but maybe it's just nerves of being debuted. It wasn't bad to me. It was just a below average affair. Like, cause they're just, it went too long and they're just still awkward. It looks like they're bad on the mic. In my opinion, I didn't care for their promo. It was <laughs> what promo he said, like a sentence. Yeah, exactly. He's like, we're here, boy, and we're going to whip, we're going to beat you up, yeah! And that was, yeah. <laughs> it's better than sounding like the, the, the guy from Best Buy, that one dude from the Wrecking Crew. <laughs> like they, uh... I need you to get some Geek Squad. <laughs> that sounded like Mickey Mouse. Oh, boy. <laughs> pretty good Mickey Mouse, actually. Uh, this is where we get the promo that Zach did in the beginning with Arn Anderson and uh, Ric Flair. What did you think of the promo? I thought the promo it was different than last time because remember they uh they they just re reset shit. Um but I, there's one thing I want to bring up uh when you do come back to the chair. Uh so after Arn Anderson does his part of the promo, did you see how Ric Flair was just content and quiet throughout the whole time Arn Anderson was speaking? And then when it was his turn, like he, Ric Flair turned it up to like eleven. He's like, "I'm gonna beat this guy. <laughs> <laughs> I'm here and I feel it there." Woo! And then he like takes his jacket off and he's like, "We're live, WCW Saturday Night." Woo! And then he just he he does a flare promo. He just starts freaking out, talking about how awesome he is and shit. And he's mm. he's taking his clothes off, mm-hmm. <laughs> and it was great. It's a flare promo. Yeah, like I said before, uh, like they, they changed up the promo. It wasn't the repeat that we saw two weeks in a row. So 
it was just a gen- it was a general flair promo. I'm not saying all flair promos are the same. Mm-hmm. He's got the same kind of cadence. Sometimes he'll be real calm and then he'll start freaking out about something and getting excited. But if he's doing so- a promo on somebody or like he has some kind of point, it's always different. Well, well, I'm talking about like Arn Anderson because the last time he's like, I don't know, I feel something in my forearm. Where this cramp, this yeah. cramp in my my arm has been happening. Yeah, he didn't he didn't do that again, so I was happy a little bit. But uh, yeah, we have the main event, everybody: Paul Orndorff versus Dustin Rhodes in the WCW United States Championship match. Yeah. Uh. And uh, we call it Rick Rude is on commentary. Halfway through the match, he he shows up after like a break. Yeah, uh, I like how Paul is egging on the fans every time they're chanting Paula. He gets it's, fucking mad. Yeah, yeah. He he got to a point where he's just like, "Come on, say it, say it, Paula, Paula." Um. <laughs> uh, I really I. The solid back and forth, the ground game and the test of strength, I kind of liked. Uh, mm-hmm. Because they were just like, oh, I'm stronger than you. And then they, the ground game and stuff where they were doing submissions was pretty cool. Uh, the the sleeper holds that they were doing. Yeah. I, I want to bring this up because Rick Rude says, I would never get in that, that sleeper hold. That would never happen to me. <laughs> yeah, he's like, I would never be in that position. Yeah. Uh, Dustin Power Slam is cool. Um, what do you call it? Uh, solid punches by Paul Arndorf. Mm, yeah. All his strikes are just solid. Yeah, because he looks like he's actually killing the person. <laughs> yeah, Paul Orndorf looks like a guy that would beat your ass. Mm-hmm. <laughs> what about you? What, what do you got to say about this match? Um, I liked it quite a bit. Uh, I liked all the jockeying in the beginning when they're trying to fucking figure out who's going to get advantage first. Mm-hmm. Like Paul can't get advantage on Dustin who just seems to be like a step ahead of him. Mm-hmm. Like he tries to wrestle him down and they do like a little reversal chain for a bit. And then Dustin just decks him in the face and Paul like rolls over and gets pissed off. He's like, damn it. Uh! <laughs> gets it. And then he like kind of, he's kind of trying to figure out a way to get back in on him. And he tries to shoot him in his legs. He like, he's going to sh- wrestle him down. And then he, he just face plants like he misses. <laughs> like like Dustin hops out of the way real quick, and then he elbow drops him in the back of the head. <laughs> and, then he get, and he rolls out of the way again. He's like, damn it! <clears throat> Kicks the rope or something. Yeah, I like how Paul just gets pissed off that he's not getting... He's not being... He's not winning in a way. He thought he could out-wrestle Dustin, but it seems like he can't. Mm-hmm. And that's kind of cool. That's, that's a good babyface heel dynamic. That's a classic one, really. Yeah, um, they keep separating and tying up, and I'm like, this feels like a contest. Like they're trying to have a a sports based competition. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I feel this cramp in my brain every time I, I those that phrase comes up. <laughs> Especially when the, AEW says it, <laughs> right? That must mean something different to them. Mm-hmm. Dustin works the arm for a while until Orndorff keeps pulling his hair out of view of the referee and takes control. Classic heel shit. Classic heel psychology. The body blocks the referee. He can't see it pulling his hair, knocking him down. He he does this for like two minutes or so. 
Yeah, and he also puts his uh, props himself on the ropes while he's doing a, a sleeper hold on him. Uh, mm -hmm. And the referee kind of like he finds out, even though when he gets off the ropes, he's like, huh, "Hey, I, I saw something happen here." He's like, "No, no." And then Ordorf starts getting super dirty after the break. He like gets him in the headlock and punches him in the fucking nose, mm -hmm. throws him in the corner. He's blatantly eye rakes him mm -hmm. and then just drags his face across the rope. He does like that rope burn shit. He's like, damn, he just busted out like three dirty ass moves. In a row. He wants uh, to win. He wants to win. Then they do the sleeper thing. You're talking about. I like the sleeper spot. Like he gets the sleeper in for a while and then Dustin tries to break out of it. So Paul just forearms him, shoots him off reapplies but Dustin like slips through and then shoots Paul off and puts him in the sleeper mm -hmm. that's pretty slick I like that it's hard to you can't really understand it unless you see it but it, the way it happened Dustin just smoothly passed through him and threw him off it was cool yep um Dustin starts to come back power slam clothesline Paul throws him outside they start fighting outside and the ref gets between him and this is where things get weird Paul deliberately irakes the referee. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, what the fuck? And he didn't get DQ'd for it either. He attacked the referee and didn't get DQ'd. No, he, he Dustin got the DQ, which was weird. I know. Because this yeah, it, it doesn't make any sense. So like he fucks off referees like he he sold that irake like like hell. He was like, ah what the fuck? And he just like <laughs> goes away. And then I think he tries to grab Dustin and throw him into the post, but Dustin blocks, throws Paul into the post, but the referee sees it happen. Mm -hmm. like, no, fuck you. You're DQ'd. You lost. So, <laughs> even though Paul attacked the referee blatantly first, he didn't get DQ'd. And I was like, yeah, that finish is kind of fucky, guys. I don't know about that. Yeah. So um, what'd you give it? Uh, it was solid until the dumb finish. 6.75 out of 10. I gave it a 6.9 out of 10. We're, 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 we're there. Yeah. <laughs> um, Rude kind of calls out uh, Dustin. Yeah. He gets pissed. He's like, oh, this is, uh, I will not stand for this. And he like gets up there and gets in the ring. And he gets the mic. And he's like trying to go Dustin into a fight. Mm -hmm. And you just sign off there. He was pissed. He was fucking mad. Yeah. And it, but you know what? It made me feel like, see, this show has life and it feels like people get mad and you kind of don't really feel like you know what's going to happen. And, and you see the, um, the competition. Yeah. You can't, people you, care. Yeah. You don't see like shows come on and be like, oh, all right, I got to do this. I got to do this match because I was told to do this match. Like this, this, this is more of, I have to beat this guy in order to get a title shot or whatever. Mm hmm yeah. Um, so, you got any final thoughts about the show? Um, there was a lot of squashes in this. I dig the promos. Um, what do you call it? Love the Barry Windham and and Jay Gun. I thought Benny Vegas squash good. was good. Mm -hmm. Uh, the Ricky Steamboats Chain Douglas was meh. Mm -hmm. Uh, Davy Boy Smith showing off his power. I love the the cold twin spot. Kind of disappointed about Max Payne. Um, Vader squash always great. 
commentary is getting a little bit better. It besides the the twin jokes that's getting old. Yeah, I didn't take note of that. They are seeming to get more chemistry together. Mm-hmm. And it, and a solid um, main event, just a weird finish. Uh, I gave it a six point two five out of ten. Yeah, it, I said it was an okay show. I wonder if this Missy Hyatt stuff will ever pay off. I bet it won't. Well, no. Uh, five point seven five out of ten. Okay. Decent show. It was all right. Yeah. All right. Time for some WWF Raw, March fifteenth, nineteen ninety three. Monday Night Raw live. I'm cooking. Oh, he's going down. He gets him in the the facial area. Yeah. Um. Comment- God damn it. So. When I saw this commentating career, I was like, oh, Gorilla Monsoon, Bobby Heenan, oh, Rob Bartlett as Vince McMahon. I liked how on the bumper thing where it showed their names, it did say not Vince McMahon. Mm-hmm. I was like, that's kind of funny. And, and then that- he did his Vince McMahon impression. And I was like, that wasn't terrible, actually. Yeah. Like, all right. All right. We'll see where this goes. Maybe this can be funny. <laughs> No. Little, little did I know. It was annoying. Uh, by the way, venue changed. They're in like upstate New York. I think they couldn't make it to the Manhattan Center because of the blizzard. Yeah. So they must have got what was that place? It was the um, damn. I don't know. It was. I just remember it's upstate New York, or at least yeah. the Rochester area, or something like that. Uh, but it it looked pretty good with that big crowd. I mean, it didn't look congested like the uh, the usual uh, raw arena that they were the ballroom or whatever. I like that. I like that arena though. It's good, but I, I kind of like the the arena feel to it a little bit. Yeah, uh, I like that too. I I think if they could just occasionally go back to that place, not just stay there for a while, mm-hmm. it'd be cool. But I think they just do raw there for a little while, and then eventually they actually really do start traveling later this year. If I remember right. Yeah. Um, first match, Razor Ramon versus uh, Ross Greenberg. No, that's Ross Greenberg. Uh, Ross. Yeah. Um, so I I like how Razor was like telling the ref, you better not lose my gold. And so I love that shit. That's classic. That's one of like the, the clips that'll get shown usually if somebody's talking about Razor Ramon. Mm. I was like, uh, Razor Ramon came out. I was like, "Fuck yes, finally! Where the fuck has he been? Since <laughs> like he's been gone for like weeks." And then that guy takes his chains and stuff, and he says, "You watch this gold, Chico. Something <laughs> happened to this. Something gonna happen to you, man." <laughs> and I was like, "That's fucking great. That's classic." Uh, he just uh, straight like embarrasses this guy. He beats the fuck out of him. Like, he does all of his big moves, not all of his big moves, but, like, a lot of his highlights. He does, like, the choke slam, mm-hmm. the the top rope back suplex, the, the sh- sack of shit, he calls it, the fall away slam, mm-hmm. <laughs> and Razor's Edge. But, I, yeah, I just, like, he beats the rat tail off of Russ because he had, like, the rat tail mullet. I like how he's, like, uh, slapping him at the end pretty much and then, like, tiny kicking him and stuff giving them the noogies he was surprising me with a couple of submissions like he did that like he did like a death lock 
like camel clutch thing. I was like, I've never really seen Scott Hall do that. That's interesting. <laughs> I think he would. Then, yeah, then he just started slapping him around like you were saying. Yeah. I mean, it's a squash. There was no offense on this guy at all. It was it was a great squash. Yeah, it was great. It was nice. It made, it made Razor look awesome. Yeah, it made him look really, really good. I mean, he's a heel. He has to look that good. And then by the time this match was over, I was like, I changed my mind. Bartlett sucks again. He's starting to piss me off. This just gets worse throughout the show as time goes on. It continually gets worse. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is when they had the promo, the headlock on, on hunger promo. Um, so it was Jesse Jackson and Macho Man uh, pretty much trying to do a promo about like feeding, you know, people in Africa and stuff. And they were like showing like these graphic images of like these Africans that were like bones and shit, like skeletons and stuff. Uh, then you just see like Macho Man, like they're like, yeah, you can't, gotta feed them, yeah. Man, food is psychedelic. You know what I'm saying? It has a really great effect on your metabolic system. Yeah. Yeah. What do you think of that like promo? I mean, I mean, they're trying to push it so that they could, you know, do charity, but it was it's kind of weird seeing it a little bit. Yeah, it's kind of odd to like just to juxtapose starvation with like outlandishly loud wrestling characters. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's I still remember the Undertaker Paul Bearer promo <laughs> where he's like, "There are people starving in Somalia," and then Undertaker's like, "Nobody should starve to death." <laughs> just like you go off for real. What the fuck? Yeah, I understand Bret Hart doing that promo because he's a babyface and shit, mm-hmm. and he's not like a weird wrestling zombie. Or like you know, I can't see Razor doing that promo. <laughs> Chico, but, you're hungry, man. Chico, I used to know about starvation, man, from Cuba. But let me tell you, when Razor Ramon learned how to wrestle, man, all over, get all <laughs> the food I want, all the women I want, you get these- all the cars I want. You get these gold chains, man? Yeah. <laughs> oh, man. Anyway, Typhoon versus L.A. Gore. <laughs> <laughs> I just saw that name. I'm like, what the fuck kind of name is L.A. Gore? And then I looked at him, and I was like, he looks like a fat 70s DDP. Yep. <laughs> he just looked like DDP out of the 70s, and he was fat. That's what he looks like. Pretty much. Did you see his little tiny punches that he was giving to fucking Typhoon? Yeah, they sucked. He 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 didn't have good offense. I mean, he was just here to squash. But you got to call it when you see it. <laughs> I almost, like, cringed a little bit when Typhoon did that power slam and, like, almost broke the guy's neck. Oh, dude, he almost dumped him on top of his head. It was bad. Yeah. I was like, ooh, that was close. That was really close. Yeah. Uh, um... Gorilla and Heenan were having some funny lines because they're Gorilla and Heenan. Mm-hmm. There's this part like Vince was rambling. He he was starting to do not Vince yeah. is rambling. He's starting to do this stuff where like you know Vince says oh what a maneuver and then uh, and then he, he would start making Vince noises after he would call a move and it would just ramble for like 15 seconds. 
mm-hmm. uh, just making noises like what I was doing in the beginning of this segment. What a maneuver! Sounds like Tasmanian Devil with his Vince McMahon. <laughs> and then Gorilla's like, he's almost incoherent. And he's like, who, Vince or Typhoon? Both of them. <laughs> I, I will say, like, Gorilla and Bobby Heenan, like, every time they were talking, I'm like, yes, I love this. But every time, like, not Vince was talking, I, I, I fucking hated it. And I think to a point, when he started, like, rambling, I think Gorilla Monsoon just said, oh, shut up. He was getting fucking annoyed, I think, for real. Yeah. Because, like, Gorilla built up this this chemistry with Heenan where you can just put the two of them out there, and I feel like they know exactly what the other person is going to fucking say. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't think any of their shit was, like, Vince is on a headset telling them what to say at all. Uh, it didn't. It never feels like that. I, I really um, I really think, like, because this was during the, the blizzard, maybe Vince couldn't make it, and um, they were just like, oh, we're... We're just going to, I bet you somebody heard uh, Bartlett say something like Vince and like, that's what you're going to do. And I'm like, God damn it. <laughs> Bartlett's like, I can make it Vince. He's like, oh, pal, you know, uh, maybe that's not exactly necessary. No, I'll, I'm almost there. He's like, well, all right. <laughs> can you be me, pal? All yeah. stories I've ever heard about Vince McMahon, I can't imagine him not making it to work. Like, he lives for that job. Like, that just shocks me that he could not find a way to make it there. <laughs> I don't know. Maybe he was in the back. Maybe he wasn't feeling good. Who knows? Yeah. Um, it was squash. Typhoon looked solid. What did you think of the Bobby Heenan and Giant Gonzalez and uh, Harvey uh, Winkleman? Whippleman. Whippleman. Former WWF Women's Champion, by the way. <laughs> By the way, Harvey's a good promo. Uh, he could talk. He could talk. He's interesting. Yeah, I'll get I'll get to that. But like, it was funny because they went to break and then they come back and it's like Heenan's like awkwardly standing in the ring mm-hmm. and he's like, "Are we on? We're not on yet." And he's like, "Where do they find you? Like, what? The, find me somebody that knows what they're doing." He starts rambling. It's like he's he's just killing time mm-hmm. until they can come back from commercial break. And it was funny anyway. Just the ten seconds of that. <laughs> They come back. He's like, "We're on now. We're good. We finally got somebody out here who knows what they're doing." <laughs> he's like, he's, "He brings out Harvey Whippleman with Giant Gonzalez, and he interviews Whippleman. And Harvey Whippleman has a voice that you do not expect to come out of him. I'll say that first. Yeah, and I want to bring up. I miss when heel commentators talk to heels and like agreed." With everything they were talking about, like, yeah, is it? You're gonna ruin uh, Undertaker. You're gonna beat that fat man, Paul Bearer. Fuck, he's gonna have a heart attack. I'm gonna give him so many right hands, he'll be asking for a left, and they laugh. Ha ha ha! We're such shitheads, you know. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but uh, even Giant Gonzalez got got a couple words in there and didn't sound awful. For some reason, I expected him to say something unintelligible, but he did not. Yeah, I thought he was going to sound like uh, Braun Strowman for a second. No, he's like, Undertaker, uh, you will get a giant surprise at WrestleMania. Yeah. <laughs> and I will say this. He did a good job at looking crazy. Because, mm-hmm. like, some of those, he's kind of just standing there looking huge and impressive. And when he brings his arms up like that, he absolutely looks insanely big. 
I just hate um, his. I just hate his gear. Yeah, gears. To, I yeah, but it's just his body is shit. You got to cover it up. I don't. I don't know what the solution is. It's definitely not Max Payne. Yeah, but it, so at least it's not that. <laughs> I think they could. I think they could have made him like a not a singlet or anything or something like D'Lo Brown used to wear. <laughs> pretty much. Yeah, he had like the the tights into the the singlet. Yeah. I know what you're talking about. Yeah, he could maybe pull that off. Um, but, yeah, I thought it was actually kind of effective at getting him a little over. Yeah, he's a tall motherfucker. I think he's actually taller than, uh, than Undertaker. So. Oh, yeah, he's up in seven feet something somewhere. I think he's seven foot four or five, actually. I think he was taller than Andre, believe it or not. Mm-hmm. So, like... What sucks is that I know the match itself is not going to be that great. Um, yeah. So I'm, like, not looking forward to it. But at the same time, I'm like, it it did have a pretty good buildup, in my opinion. So that goes, that's going for it, I guess. I, I'm surprised by the buildup, actually. Like, this, this buildup's been pretty good. Mm-hmm. Um, there was another blow Hulk Hogan package. Oh my god, I hate it. it. It went to like this this package where it shows him doing the 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 pose, mm-hmm. the bow and arrow, whatever the fuck they call that, and he's like in shadow and there's golden light shining through, and he's like the Hulk, Hulkster has been the four time WWF champion, unprecedented. He's sold out so many arenas. He's done all this. They're just blowing him, <laughs> and then now they're giving him top billing for WrestleMania. Yeah, Bret Hart, the WWF champion, is not getting top billing anymore. It's interesting, right? Because he's with the the the, the mega whatever maniacs, whatever the uh, mega morons, yeah. as Money Inc. calls them. The you would think you would have him and like uh, Brutus Beefcake and uh, Jimmy Jimmy the Mouth South. Um, you would think they would be in like a promo with the Hulkster, but you see, he's all alone. Brother, it's all about Hulk Hogan. It's about Hulk Hogan. and If it has not been more apparent. <laughs> this is totally foreshadowing what we're going to see in WrestleMania 9. It is, man. Wow, when you really know what happens, like, and you, you go back and you look at all this, mm-hmm. it's like it just sucks more and more. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, I think after that, we go into Papa Shago and Bob Backlund. I, I, I like Papa Shango. I fucking don't understand Bob Backlund. I I know we're gonna we're gonna transition into he's this crazy fucking guy, but what the fuck? I'm looking was, for, I am looking forward to crazy Bob Backlund. <laughs> what the fuck was that dance? I think that's something Bob used to do when he was a young babyface. Because they're doing and while while we're talking about him being a young babyface, I'm gonna look something up real quick. Uh, <laughs> um, but. I think that's all that is. It's just him doing his his shtick, so to speak. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So uh, I, it was I, like, oh, you go ahead. I wrote. I don't like how Bob Backlund wrestles at all. Um, it's kind of goofy. Um, it's kind of really old, old school, which you could tell. Um, and I wrote Rob Bartlett ruined this match as well too. He did not help matters. He made it worse. Yeah. Uh, I wrote this first off. Why would you try to shake Papa Shango's hand? Because mm-hmm. like, he tried that. And I'm like, 
do you do you see him? Do you see what he looks like? That would be like trying to shake the Undertaker's hand. That's not that far off. I, like, Why would you do that? <laughs> I, I think because he's the, he's an old school guy. That's what they used I, to do. I guess so. He's playing that shit to the hilt. Mm-hmm. And of course, Papa Shango looks at him like he's a fucking alien or something. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like he comes off more sensible than this guy somehow. Um, They have a match. It's just hard to get into with Rob Bartlett ruining everything. Even Heenan and uh, Heenan and fucking Gorilla at this point, they're threatening violence against not Vince. Mm-hmm. They're talking about tasering him, and Gorilla is talking about punching him in the face multiple times. I loved it. <laughs> I, I, I I I laughed that loud so many times when I heard Gorilla and Bobby just like well, I'm gonna punch you. Like, and I'm just He's like, like, can we find a taser or something? Can we can we incapacitate him in some way? <laughs> I, I think to the, oh. I think in the beginning they were just like, oh, this might be a little funny, um, having not Vince here, and then they they found out that that was the wrong move to put on the show, <laughs> and they just decided to fucking go off on them, and I and I loved every minute of it. Man, you know it'd be cool. I just had this thought randomly because we go to the WrestleMania Nine Control Center. I think right after this match, mm-hmm. what if they did? I I normally hate three man booths. Uh, and I can understand why this totally throws them off because Gorilla and Heenan are fine by themselves. You don't need anybody else. Mm-hmm. What if they did Gorilla, Heenan, and Mean Gene? I could you imagine? Could you imagine how fucking entertaining that would be? <laughs> yes, because I feel like Gorilla and Mean Gene would double team on Bobby Heenan and Bobby Heenan would just fucking like go crazy. He'd go ballistic at some point or like mean Gene's got that real sarcastic sense of humor. He'll, he'll, he'll kind of play between the two of them. I think sometimes and say something, Well, look, you at, just don't expect. Well, look at the WrestleMania 17 when they had the gimmick battle Royale and mean Gene and Bobby Heenan were the commentators. Oh my God. I was, so I was fucking dying, dude. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. Oh man, if it could have been the three of them, that that's a three man booth I'd love to listen to. Mm-hmm. Um, what else do I gotta say about this match? Yeah, Bob Backlund does some silly shit where he keeps dodging Shango and trips. He does like a leg sweep thing, mm-hmm. and he does that little and he smiles. You know, it's like all right, it's it's not nineteen sixties Bob. He didn't wrestle in the sixties though. That's what's weird. It was like the early eighties when he was like. The top baby face of WWF that they're trying to push. I kept on writing this. I, I said, um, he's kind of looking like a boxer from Mike Tyson Boxing. <laughs> he does, yeah, he does move around like that guy. Kinda. And it, like every time he hits, he's like, bing! <laughs> oh, man. I, I gave this a 5 out of 10. I, I, It was okay for what it was. People were hyped at Bob Backlund. Uh was dancing around and then uh, and I know I skipped over that he just won barely like it was a quick win. He he rolled up Shango in a, a small package and beat him. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it was just out of nowhere. But like I'll say a couple more things about Bob real quick. He he was selling pretty good for Papa. Mm-hmm. You know he he started choking him. Bob was like coughing. He's like <laughs> like he was dying and shit. I'm like okay yes Bob can sell. Yep. And then. 
some of his wrestling isn't bad. It's just I think he needs to adapt to the time. Because if you notice, Bob's pretty good at that transitional fucking submission shit. Yeah. Where he can, like, reverse. He can kind of do, like, some catch wrestling a little bit, it looks like. Um, I think when he turns into Crazy Bob Backlund, it, he improves. Mm. I sort of remember him wrestling differently when he's crazy. I can't wait. Uh, I can't wait for that either. I think I heard somebody in the crowd yell, Vince, we miss you. <laughs> I don't know if that was related to like what they knew that, but Rob Bartlett was a total shit show. And they saw he was there trying to be Vince. I, I just like to think that's what that was. Uh, I gave this a 4.25 out of 10 because I just could not get into it. Mm-hmm. And Bob Backlund is in a weird spot right now. And I don't understand why they keep making a big deal out of Bob Backlund being 43 years old. When Ric Flair was 44 years old and in WWF, Around that same time period. <laughs> what the fuck? I don't know. <laughs> uh, um, then we're at the WrestleMania 9 Control Center. What did you think of the promos? Um, They were kind of short. Money Inks was kind of funny. Yeah. They called them the Mega Morons, and I like that. Mm-hmm. And then IRS is like, we don't need this briefcase. We're going to need a bigger one for all the money. We're going to win. Yeah. <laughs> Too bad they're going to lose. <laughs> they're going to fucking lose. Yeah. It's like, does anybody really believe they have a chance? It's fucking Hulk Hogan. Yeah. <laughs> um, Paul Bear and Undertaker had like a good little promo. Paul Bear was funny. He was, he's always fun. Um, <laughs> how, <do> you, <laughs> I, when me and Gene was talking about, this is going to be the world's largest toga party. And when I heard that, I'm like, I feel like that's something Vince was really trying to do, and it just didn't really turn out that way. Yeah, and then when it came back, Bobby Heenan's like, I'm not wearing a toga. It's not happening. And he's like, you are going to wear a toga. Like, Monsoon's like, yeah, you totally are. He's like, no, I'm not doing it. I'm not. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I don't know. I don't know, Eden. You need to wear it. Uh, uh. <laughs> trying to do that fucking sh- Oh, I forgot one more note in that, that previous match. When when Rob Bartlett yelled as not missing man, right in the bread basket, that actually made me laugh because it sounded like almost exactly <laughs> like this. He got me on that one. It, <laughs> there's a couple of times where I'm just like, ah, that's kind of funny. But then I just go back to hating him. Yeah, right. He's like, oh, I'm right back to hating you again, man. <laughs> <sighs> and I guess this is this is it. This is the main event. Why? Nasty boys in the head shrinkers. I. I guess they had limited resources. Um, it was nice to see Fatu and Samu. Mm-hmm. Yeah, as the head shrinkers go against the Nasty Boys. So, um, Nasty Boys got a pop. That's weird. They're really over. Yeah. Why are they so over? I it's because uh, Nasty Boys. I don't understand. Like I saw a dude doing the pit thing. <laughs> I'm, the, I'm like, what the fuck? Like, what? <laughs> I always thought the Nasty Boys were just like assholes. Like it, when I was a kid, like it's. <laughs> it, it, don't I remember them being heels where they would put their armpits against like the fans' face to kind of make them smell their armpits? Wasn't that the thing? Yeah, that was also a thing they would do to the baby faces. They would force their face in their pits and fucking punch them mm-hmm. or some shit. You know, they just—they're just like stupid fucking bullies or some shit. They're like the bulk and skull of wrestling. If you had two bulks, yeah, is what they are. <laughs> so, what's your notes on this match? 
Did I do a cheer? Oh, go ahead. I'm oh, sorry. <laughs> I kind of like cut you off. You know, I told you, what do you think of this? I just wrote complete chaos throughout this whole fucking match. I think they were trying to have a match and then it just it broke down over time. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I wrote, they do a cheer off, which is, I can't remember the last time I saw something like that. Me either. You know, where they're standing there and the baby face goes, ah, and then the heels like, oh, I'm cool. Boo. Ju- like, I think the last time I saw that was at a house show, actually, like over 10 years ago. John Cena used to do it before he started becoming the movie star where he would do the whole, I'm great. And then the other side would do- remember when they had like those, you can do a tag team match player uh, or something like that. Uh, and it would be like those eight man tags, and then like John Cena would be out on the ropes and trying to like egg on the crowd, and then the heel squad would do the same thing. So and then they get pissed when they get booed. Yeah, yeah. I I was like, I was like, that's cool. And then I was like, why are they so over? I was just so puzzled by that. Mm-hmm. Um, it seemed okay, but it was hard to get into because at this point Rob Bartlett's like insufferable and he's ruining matches. Yes. I, it's like he he won't shut the fuck up and he's taking me out of it. Um, and it ends in a double DQ food fight. Okay, this is where I want to talk. <laughs> so, so they're they're promoting Headlock for Hunger, right? Yes, they had this whole fucking table full of food, right? They waste it. They they don't. <laughs> They don't eat it. It they just fucking use it to like throw it, throw it at the other wrestlers and have almost fought to a slip and like break his ankle. By the way, did you see that? Yeah, I was scared. I was like, oh fuck, because that's a big guy and he's like twisting his ankle. I'm like, mm. if it slipped on mustard. But there was a whole fucking table there and they just wasted all that food. I I, I have this weird weird feeling that Vince is like, right, you know, be funny. We do this like. Headlock for hunger. It's gonna be great. We're gonna be giving money to these people. But you don't know, be funny if we had the whole fucking food there. Just they fucking wasted. <laughs> I don't even think Vince thought about it like that. I think he just thought a food fight would be funny. Yeah, because that's the kind of humor he likes. He likes really juvenile humor. And and it's so weird that like the the food table was like near the entrance. Yeah, it's like right there, and it said like it had a sign that said concessions, and I'm like, that's fake. <laughs> what the fuck? When have you ever seen like a makeshift concession stand like near the entrance? <laughs> and it was, and you know, like a concession stand. It was like you know, you'll get like hot dogs and shit. There was like subways on there. There was like sub sandwiches and shit. That looked to me more like catering. Yeah, with mixed in with some stuff from concessions. Mm-hmm. They got like a fold out table, like one of those nine foot long tables or some shit. And laid stuff from catering along with stuff from, uh, you know, the the concession stand in the arena. Uh, yeah, I don't know. I did not think about that at all until you brought it up, the whole headlock with hunger thing. I'm like, wow, that's kind of tone deaf. <laughs> yeah, because I'm like, they're wasting this food while promoting about hunger. Literally in this episode, like 30 minutes ago, you were showing like skeletal children. Mm-hmm. <laughs> And you couldn't send a sandwich or a hot dog to one of these children? <laughs> you said you just throw it at the nasty boys and the, the head shrinkers? It's just entertainment, pal. <laughs> um, I I gave this a, a 4.5 because 
they were trying to have a match, and I think they could have had an okay one. And I like the head shrinkers. I like seeing young Rikishi. He's 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 really impressive when he's younger. Mm-hmm. Uh, but even they even look like the nasty boys were going to try, even though they don't have any wind. Yeah, I gave it a four point at a ten. A four out of ten. Um. Overall, I'm just like I understand this show was done under not ideal conditions, but damn, this kind of sucked. <laughs> yeah, I gave this a, the whole show a four point seven five out of ten. Um, and the reason why I did that is one, Bartlett is just fucking annoying in this. Um, the the one thing I really liked about it was pretty much Razor Ramon. That's about it. Uh. The na- I just didn't care for the main event. I think they just threw it together. Uh, Bob Backlund, I just find kind of weird until he starts becoming crazy. Oh, the the Giant Gonzalez promo, I really liked. Who's that? Yeah, that's um, cool. But other than that, everything else felt like they were just trying to get... They, they were just trying to make a show, pretty much. They, they had to do what they had to do. I like how they're still pu- pushing Doink the Clown and Kamala for next week. Like, that was a huge match. <laughs> I can't wait. I'm, I'm like... <laughs> <laughs> I can't and, wait. And I, I also wrote Rob Barlett is actively hurting the show. And if I'm being honest, he's what really dragged this down for me more than anything. Do, do you think if Rob Barlett wasn't there and if it was just Vince McMahon and Macho Man until, until and then probably other, like, Gorilla Monsoon and Bobby Heenan... What if it was just those two? If it was just Gorilla and Heenan? Yeah. This would have been a lot better. I mean, I'm not saying it would have been a good show, but it would have saved it from feeling like you wasted your time. I think I think Raw would have jumped up in ratings, in my opinion, a little bit. This whole time, I was thinking, like, while they were there, I'm just like, why aren't they the regular team? You know, <laughs> like, like I'm not, I'm not talking shit about Macho and Vince. Like, I like Macho Man on commentary. He's he's cool, and Vince is Vince. I got a soft spot for Vince on commentary. I feel like Macho Man, because I think I remember hearing him saying he didn't want to be announcing. He wanted to be out there wrestling. He wanted he wanted to keep wrestling. He felt like he still had shit to do in the ring, and. I, Honestly, I agree with him because, like, I was just like, why is Macho Man not an active wrestler on this roster? Mm-hmm. Like, you could do so many cool matches that you didn't get to do because you had him wasting time on the sidelines and get out of there. Like, he could have wrestled Shawn Michaels, you know, when he was heel. He could have he could have had a match with Brett. He, he could have fought Yokozuna. That would be cool. Why not? Well, that's why he left the company. It was because Vince kind of tied him down. And then, you know, uh, those stupid rumors going around about him and Stephanie. I don't know if that's real or not. I don't think it's real. I think that's like some kind of shitty urban legend that somehow people still can't let go. Yeah, I think it just came down that Vince wasn't using him. And then, like, Eric Bischoff's like, hey, we got money here. You want to do stuff here? Ooh, I like money. Let me see some of that. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but even even in WCW, like even though he wrestled there for a while, I think he did didn't have the the spark that he had in WWF. Oh no! Especially when Hulk Hogan came over and stole his fucking thunder again. Yep. <laughs> Fuck Hulk Hogan! God damn it! <laughs> so, what'd you give Raw the whole show? What'd you give it? 
Uh, 3.75 out of 10. Oh, damn. <laughs> Bad show. It's just like, and it's not the wrestler's fault. I'm blaming Rob Bartlett. Because honestly, I, I sat there and thought about him. Like, if he wasn't there, I probably would have gave this a little bit of a higher score. <laughs> I I wonder when he's going to go away. I'm wondering, too. <laughs> I want him to go away. Maybe it's after WrestleMania. That's what I'm thinking is he's just gone after WrestleMania. I hope. Mm-hmm. I hope so. Because this can't, I can't take this, uh, him being on here every week. Like, it's just <laughs> pissing me off too much. Oh, man. Anyways, that was WCW Saturday Night and WWF Raw. We're going to be doing, uh, since this is a bi-weekly show, uh, not next week, but the following week, we will be doing WCW Saturday Night March 20th. And w, WWF Monday Night Raw March twenty second. We're itch, we're inching so close to WrestleMania nine. We're almost there. It's coming. Yeah. Um. I'm kind of wondering: Will we make it to um, WrestleMania nine when the new WrestleMania comes out? Uh, I think so. As long as we don't have another delay that sets us back another week or two i think we'll make it before before wrestlemania we'll see how the card goes for the new wrestlemania because this is the i isn't this the time that they're having fans in in the the stands this time for this i heard they were gonna be like at 25 percent capacity or some shit Mm -hmm. so there will be some actual people well i it, it depends on the card and apparently they're doing the two night thing again that's better than it being one excruciating fucking God, I hate that when they were doing that. Yeah. So, um, I like Roman and edge. I like that as a match so far. Yeah. But that's all I know that they're really doing. Well, Matt Riddle is now the United States champion. So I guess they're going to be doing something with that. Well, that's cause he's smarter than all the other wrestlers, bro. Fuck him, bro. <laughs> um, I, I, I don't know. Like I said, Roman and... Oh, maybe it was something with... By the way, I have to bring this up. Randy Randy Orton puking out that black gook stuff. What? <laughs> Did you see that? No! Uh, So Randy Orton was on Raw and like he was talking and then all, all of a sudden like he just started like gagging and stuff and he just spit out like this black goo out of his mouth. And I guess it's still going along the story about, you know, the fiend and shit. That's tar from his lungs from smoking. Probably too much. That's all that is. Too much weed and cigarettes. Yeah. <laughs> um, I don't know. I Like I said, let's see how the card goes out. And if the card is good, maybe we will mix it in with WrestleMania 9. We'll consider it, yeah. Yeah, so. Anyway. If you want to catch more of getting some color, uh, make sure you go on Spotify or Apple Podcasts or Google Podcasts, Stitcher, Red Circle, and type in getting some color, and you can catch all our episodes there. Um, um, Also, Zach brought up to my attention that the WWE Network has some new stuff in there that we might dabble down the road, so keep an eye out on that as well. Um, Yeah. But uh, until next time, everybody... Ooh, yeah, getting some color, yeah. Later, dudes. Dig it.